This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. You lead a busy life. The last thing you have time for is shopping, prepping, and cooking a healthy homemade meal. With Chef, enjoy authentic meals freshly prepared by the best local cooks in your community and delivered to your door. No prepping, no cooking, no subscription necessary. It's one less thing to worry about after a long day without sacrificing the quality of a homemade meal. Schedule your meals with a local cook at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I am pretty much coming to you straight off the plane from New Mexico. I was just in Santa Fe over the weekend for my friend Jamie's bachelorette party. So shout out to Jamie, who I actually met through Instagram, which is like really, really crazy. And like now I'm in her wedding and it's so I'm so excited. We're like six or seven weeks out, which is mind blowing. But um a couple things I want to talk about before we get into Summer House is uh, something that I'm obsessed with. And I don't know if I'll ever stop talking about it, posting about it. I can't get enough. Um, I got Ruby's DNA test results back and I posted them on the dip. So you can definitely go check that out over in the Hot Off the Mess community. So I am thrilled to say that I found her sister. Like, I'm not talking like a distant relative. I'm not talking like, oh, this is her long lost like cousin, you know, who have like, they have like 4% like similarity. I'm talking like 94% related. And according to Embark, which that is the DNA test that I went through, that's E-M-B-A-R-K, very cute. When I got the DNA and the health test, I did, you know, had to make sure that she was all good health wise. I did talk about that on the podcast last week when I discovered that she was 4% inbred. So anyways, um, so I found that she has a sister and you know what's so fucking crazy is I feel like I sent a picture of this puppy to my friend Paige and was like, what do you think of this dog or should I get this one? And then we ended, I ended up picking Ruby, obviously. And it's just so cool. Like now I'm talking to the girl. Her name is Courtney. She's the mother of Bean, Ruby's sister. And 
I'm just excited. And she lives in Michigan. So I'm like manifesting a play date. I feel like that would be so cute. I would honestly, you guys, I would, I would cry so hard. Like seeing Ruby reunited with a sister. Like, even though, you know, the the rescue I did get Ruby from, they did tell me that Ruby was bullied by her relatives because she was the she's the smallest one, which is fucking crazy to me because she seems so big. So I'm like, I can't even imagine. So of course, like I did side by side pictures. I was like, I was literally like reading Ruby's DNA test results as like bedtime stories, like when I was on vacation. Like I just, I can't get enough. So she is Pitbull, Great Pyrenees, which I knew. I knew she was going to be Great Pyrenees, Siberian Husky, which I kind of assumed because of her eyes, and then a Chow Chow. The Chow Chow threw me for a fucking loop. I really got to tell you, like when I saw Chow Chow on there, I was like, what? Because you know what's so funny is like I was assuming this is this is what I thought. I thought she would be great Pyrenees with golden retriever and like either a husky or a shepherd, like either one. And I, I got, I got an exotic queen, truly exotic queen. And then of course the bachelorette party weekend was so much fun. Um, I do have to vent really quick about we gotta talk about airports. We have to talk about planes because people have no fucking decency on these fucking planes. Listen, I get that people when they travel are high stress most of the time. Like they are like, I gotta get to my fucking destination. You never know where people are going, why people are traveling. You just never fucking know. But I draw the line at wearing pajamas to the airport. I call them pajama people. I know that's not a very creative name, but like when I say I saw a pajama person at the airport, like you just kind of know what that means. Like I'm not talking athleisure. I'm not talking, you know, a nice pair of joggers with like, you know, some sneakers. I'm talking fucking pajama pants, SpongeBob, Cookie Monster, fucking bananas on them. Get away from me with this Apollo. I find this so repulsive that I like I the people that wear pajama pants like that to the airport also drink Mountain Dew at 4 a.m. like ready for their flight. They are the people that like bring McDonald's on the plane. Like they're my personal fucking hell and they they don't have decency. They don't have common fucking decency on these planes because so I get on the plane. Jamie and I get on the plane. It's so early. Our flight was at like 4.20 a.m. So we had to get the to the fucking airport, which by the way, my journey to the airport, let's start there. Let's actually, you know what? Roll the tape back. We're going to start it when I got in the fucking Uber. So I was like, how should I get to the airport? Of course, Frenchie like offered to drive me, but I was like, that is so early. Like, I'm not going to make you do that. That's insane. And I, you know, I'm not going to ask my parents either. So I was like, okay, I'll just take an Uber at like 3 a.m. So I get the Uber. It's like a younger guy. The car looked questionable at best. And I think being a woman, I know that people out there are going to be rolling your eyes right now, but when you're a woman and it's, 3 30 a.m. and you're getting into a stranger's car and it's dark out like you're on edge like you want to have faith in humanity that like you will get to whatever destination you will get to safely but at the but the same time you're like on fucking high alert like you're like where where is this person taking me like if they miss if they miss like one street 
I'm like, oh God, it's going down. I immediately text people. Like I immediately text my mom the moment I got in the car. Poor Mary. She was like dead ass asleep. She's like, oh, my daughter's like so annoying. So I get in the car. The, the boy, the man, the he's he's younger, sees that I am going to the airport. So you would think that a person driving a Lyft or Uber would be like, okay, let's get you there. Let's go. This person just proceeded to have like sit in the car for like a solid four minutes. And he was like yelling at me because the music was so loud. I mean, I was sending my friend voice memos because I was like, I'm in the club. I am in the club and that club is a Chevy fucking cruise from 2004. He was like, what kind of music do you like? And I was like, I don't care. Because in my mind, I'm like, it's fucking 3 a.m. Just get me to the goddamn airport. Like, I don't care. Also, drive. Like, why are we not moving? Why am I doing? And he was like, oh, I hate when people say that. Like, you don't have a choice. I was like, I literally don't care. And I'm trying to be so nice. But also, I think that that's a problem. Like, I think women, like, we need to be, like, more assertive. Because I feel like if I was a dude, I would be like, bro, like, drive the fucking car. But I'm scared a little bit. So I'm like, yeah, like, I don't care. And he's like, oh, like, pop. I was like, I I promise you I don't care. So then he proceeds to put on Electric Feel. And that's a great song, but I don't need to hear it or feel it in my bones. I mean, like, I felt the bass in my asshole. I was literally, it was the club. So I texted my mom. I was like, mom, just so you know, like, I'm in the Uber. Things are weird. And then he starts, like, asking me if I'm single. And I was, it's just so uncomfortable. And I wish men out there, like, put more thought into that. Like, like I'm a woman in a in your car driving somewhere when it's dark. I don't care, honestly, if it's light either, but dark is like obviously a little spooky ooky. Um, and you're making me uncomfortable because mind you, I also had a mask on and a and a baseball hat on. And he's like, You're cute. So you can see my eyes. Like, and I'm not cute. Like, no, 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 baby. Like, please turn around. And it was just uncomfortable. And he like was more focused on like the music. Like when he would stop at stop signs, he would like, and I'm just like so stressed because I'm like, I'm a boomer and I like to get to the airport six hours out of time because what if my gate's just not there? Like, that's how I feel. I'm like, I have to see the gate and then I can relax. Like the moment I can see the gate, I'm like, okay, I can go get a coffee. And even then, I'm like, do I have time? And it's like, Sam, you have about three hours. So I'm running so late for this flight because then he misses the terminal. Like he misses the whole, he misses the whole thing. He also didn't know the difference between arrival and departures. And I had to explain that to him over the sounds of club music. Um, I get to the airport. I'm running to my gate, running because I'm 15 minutes before we're supposed to start boarding. And to me, you're late. To me, I basically missed the plane. Then I get on the plane. Of course, I'm sitting in the far back because I am not wealthy. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the back of the plane. It's I've already had a morning from hell. I get on the plane. I'm surrounded by pajama people. I'm sitting in front of two boys, probably 12. One's name is Ben, and he stole this other boy's jerky, beef jerky. And I have to say to them, it is 5 a.m. Stop it. Put the jerky down. He, I'm not joking, this was a sentence that was said. Ben, did you take my jerky? That's my special jerky. And I was like, I am in Michigan. Like, this is, these are Michigan people and I am in hell. Not only am I sitting 
in front of people eating beef jerky at 5 a.m. that I can smell through my fucking mask. I'm also sharing a row with three people. Oh, yeah. I'm sitting next to a woman and a two-year-old toddler, adorable child, and then another man. Like, I'm having the worst flight of my life. Also, the, the takeoff was rough. I got to be honest. I was so I was swaying. And Jamie's like texting me because she's like at the front of the plane, like farther up than me. And she's like, Sam, this is this is insane, right? Like these people on this plane. I was like, no, girl, this is not normal. But we got there safe. Everything was great. The house is amazing. I posted the link to where I stayed on my Instagram. Um, it's called, I, I could totally be butchering the name, um, Ras Mandel. Um, that's R-A-S-S-M-A-N-D-A-L. And it's this guy Richard's like beautiful house up in Santa Fe. <sighs> Guys, the altitude. <laughs> I felt like I was on Real Houses of Orange County. You know, I the higher power was like, I'm going to humble this bitch real quick. I was mocking the women of Orange County on my podcast last week talking about the altitude and how they couldn't breathe. Guys, that's no fucking joke. I had a sip of a mimosa at breakfast and I was like, I'm kind of feeling loose. Like, it was nuts. I was like, I've never experienced altitude like this. Like, I didn't know Santa Fe had altitude. I, I didn't know Santa Fe had snow. Like, I was in for a wild ride, but it was a great time amazing. I I definitely want to go back to New Mexico. I, re- I recommend everyone go if you can. Get a little desert vibe, a little cactus action. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful times. Met great people. Oh, that's another thing. The people of New Mexico are really friendly. Like they are so nice. Every person is like retired and they're just like living out their like artsy dreams. And like they're all like one guy like collected fossils, another woman like painted bees. I was like, I want to, I want what you guys have. Here's to the great American settlers, the millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, hey, I'm no settler. I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. Enjoy quality homemade meals without the hassle. With Chef, you can choose from thousands of authentic dishes prepared with care by the best local cooks in your community, all made with fresh ingredients and delivered right to your door. It's like your own personal chef with an unbeatable variety. Explore cuisines from over 90 different countries from Mexico to Thailand and more at chef.com. That's chef with an S.com. Let's get into Summer House because we are coming off like a really explosive episode last week. Obviously, Sierra and Danielle had that like crazy altercation where Sierra basically threw a wine glass at Danielle's chest and it shattered. Uh, Not great. And so we're kind of dealing with the fallout from that. And let me tell you what I was expecting going into this episode. I was expecting there to be more confrontation. I expected there to be more conversation. I expected there to be people checking on Danielle and Lindsay to make sure that Danielle is okay. Uh, Spoiler, none of that happened. None of that. This was the most underwhelming, 
start to an episode that left so like explosively last week that I'm like, we waited a week for that. I'm like, I had to wait a week for Sierra to go into a bedroom by herself with Maya and for Danielle and Lindsay to go outside and talk by the pool. And mind you, Luke and Andrea are on another fucking planet. They they are not like living the same experience in that house that everyone else is. Andrea is fully sobbing over Lexi, who he's now dating, and Luke. I had to, I don't know why I thought this was kind of funny and kind of weird, but when Luke was talking to Andrea by the pool, he was like, "I've had to let good women go, and you know now they're married and have kids." And I'm like, "Luke, shut up!" Like. Men are so funny to me sometimes, but yeah, everyone's like checking on Carl, which I get, but like he wasn't the one that was like attacked. <laughs> like he was merely just sitting there. And I get the how that probably is like triggering, upsetting. I totally get it. I'm I'm on the same page. It just was like, what the fuck? I was like kind of pissed. I gotta be honest. I'm like still a little angry about it. The fact that like no one was like, I'm going to go outside and check on Danielle. They were all just like, oh, let's clean up the glass, guys. It's like, what? The fuck? They were like hugging Sierra. Am I missing something? Like, I always feel like on these shows, especially because like now, I'm sorry, I've kind of lost faith in the Summer House producers, like, or editors, not lost faith in them, but I don't trust them. Because they cut out an entire cast member of an episode. If they can cut out an entire character for two episodes at Lindsay's Twisted Fairy Tale birthday party, what else are they cutting out? Like, that's nuts to me. Like, if you think about it, that's actually fucking crazy. And I get why, because there was so much story to be told. But the fact that they could do it so seamlessly was, like, kind of nuts. So I'm just like, what else are you guys cutting? Like, did we miss moments where they went outside to see if Lindsay and Danielle were okay? Like a part where they all checked in on Danielle in the bedroom. I don't know. It seemed so odd to me. And then Lindsay and Danielle were like, yeah, girl, let's go out. I was like, go out? What? I was like, if someone threw fucking glass at me, I wouldn't be going out. I would be crying. I would be in bed watching season one of Vanderpump Rules, like eating Tostitos pizza rolls. I would be devastated. I would be shaken up. I would be so upset. And everyone in the house is like, okay, let's put our, I mean, I was like, let's put our party pants on. I'm like, our party pants? What the fuck? Like, it was seriously, I don't know if other people feel this way, but like, I am like, just like, what is happening right now? This is not what I wanted or expected. I don't want like big fights and conflict like that, but I want a little something like, and we got it a little bit in like towards like the middle of the episode when Sierra and Danielle, like when Danielle said like, I wasn't ready to talk to her and like I needed my space. And I'm like, oh, for sure. I get why Sierra and the girls didn't talk. But what I don't understand is like why no one seemed to be like acknowledging what just happened processing what just happened, checking on the people who were involved. I'm just like, I'm thrown for a fucking loop over this. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And then they're all like, let's go party at Southampton Social. I'm like, okay, I guess. 
Let's go. And of course, like the cameras can't follow them. So it just seemed weird. And I got to say, Craig kind of came off like the voice of reason. A little bit. Like he was kind of there because he knows Austin so well that I enjoyed the conversation him and Lindsay had in the kitchen before she went out. And he was like, because she was like, Austin said that he told Sierra. And Craig is like, he never said that to her. So Austin's lying to you and he's lying to her. And then he literally was like, Austin is a liar. For Craig, someone who openly admitted to a therapist on camera that he's good at lying, I was like, whoa, takes one to no one. But, you know, I did. So I liked that because I think it really gave clarity to Lindsay. Like, because Lindsay outside talking to Danielle, she was like, if Sierra and I could have had this conversation, I like, she's like, I really wanted to get across to her. Like, I feel for you. Like, you really like him. And that sucks. But he's also playing. It's like it's a big old mess. And the only one at fault for this is Austin. So they all go out. They all party. They all come back. It's weird. I don't know. It just really was so odd to me. And then we wake up the next day and Carl's like, we're playing volleyball. I'm like, we're playing volleyball? Like, we're just going to go to the beach and just act like none of that happened? It's like weird. It's so weird. I don't know. But Carl would play volleyball. You know what I mean? Like, he seems like a volleyball guy. He seems like someone that's like, I don't know. I don't know the correct terms for volleyball moves, but he strikes me as that, yeah, that kind of guy. So they go to play volleyball. It's like the 80s babies versus the 90s babies. They're all dressed as people from the other team. And whereas the 80s babies who are, quote unquote, the older people at the house are simply just in red T-shirts. Just in all red, little matching, little camp tees. And I was like, wow, 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 wow. So lame. But also, I okay, it the, the amount of like costumes and stuff like I get are fun. But for me, it's it's kind of bordering on like Vanderpump rules territory like where it's like why do we always need to be in like costume like i'm good it just seems like a waste of like four minutes that could be spent doing something else like i could be watching them do anything else rather than andrea dresses Lindsay, which is funny anyone ever dresses Lindsay when carl did it it's hilarious because Lindsay also can take a joke and thinks it's so funny she's a leo she's like dress as me bitch like i'll love you forever so I'm just like, it's kind of bordering on that. Like, I don't really want to see them set up any more parties. Like, I get that they're fun. I do. I enjoy them. But I don't need them. I don't. I could watch these people party in, like, beekeeping outfits, and I would be completely satisfied. Like, you guys don't need to do all that. So they go play volleyball, and another scene that could have been rushed. Why am I watching an actual volleyball game? Uh, no, thank you. It was stupid. Like, I just did not enjoy myself watching it, to be very honest. I was like, okay, this is like seven minutes too long. Why am I watching them bunt and punt and spike and volley? And see, I, I know terms. Here's me like three minutes ago. I don't know any volleyball terms. I just named off like six. And they could be wrong, but they feel right. And we did get a really good scene, I thought, with Amanda and Craig. Craig basically telling Amanda, he's like, I wouldn't be doing this 
if I couldn't see myself at the altar with her one day. I'm like, that's sweet. Like, it's very cute, but like on the surface, it's very cute. But if you dig a little deeper in that, you're like, then why aren't you just like dating her? Like, then she's your girlfriend. The men make no fucking sense to me. I say this all the time. Like, men will like open up to you about like their past traumas. Have you met their parents? Have you, you know, go on vacations together and be like, but you're not my girlfriend. You're like, then what the fuck do you think this is? Like, this is a relationship. It's very triggering. I had that situation. I was in an on and off relationship with someone for like three years. And I was, I was being run ragged by this fucking man. Like, truly ragged. Like, I looked so embarrassing looking back. I'm like, I look like a goddamn clown. Like, the fact that that happened, oh my God. Because we would have the same conversation. Like, it would be the same thing like, I'm like, well, then you're my boyfriend. And he's like, I just thought that we were going to do just this forever, like without ever like talking about it. I'm like, what? It was dark times. It was really crazy, actually. Because I literally was like, he's my soulmate. He's like the love of my life. Like, I miss him so much. And now I look back on it and I'm like, you're so fucking embarrassing. Like, I really, I looked like a, I looked like Sierra. Maybe that's why I get so triggered by it because I'm like, I've been her. And it's like, I don't ever want to do that again. And seeing someone like so stunning and gorgeous and has everything going for her, I'm like, do not do this. And like when Amanda told Paige, like Paige's little eyes just like lit up. Like she was so happy. And that's really all that matters that Paige is happy, you know, at the end of the day. And I, you know, the president of the dip did go to Craig and Austin's concert or <laughs> concert. What am I talking? Sorry, Che Diaz like jumped out of me. Not comedy concert. They went, she went to their live show and she did write about it over at the dip under community posts for Summer House. So go check that out because she spills some really good tea about Winter House, just overall vibes. Um, and she said some pretty shocking things that I just was not ready for personally. And she's a big Southern charmer. The president of the dip, Lindsay. Big Southern Charm girl. Love her so much. Anyways, so there was that. And then Carl and this McKenzie girl. I called it from the beginning. The moment you're standing at a party talking about each other's breath, it's over. It's over. Now, you could be dating someone for five years and talk. Like, if I saw – okay, I take that back. If I saw Amanda and Kyle – talking about Kyle's breath, I'd be like, that's normal because they've been together for so long. Like they live together. They just have that like kind of rapport. To bring someone to the Hamptons that you've barely started dating and that's the only thing you can talk about. And there's like a lot of heavy like silences and he's like constantly checking on his breath. Like y'all got no chemistry. Like there is nothing there. Nothing. If you're talking about his fucking breath and like, oh, it was so cringe, so cringe. And she seems like a very nice person. For someone who comes from like a reality television background like she does and she comes off that well, shocking, shocking behavior. But obviously Carl like isn't into it. I'm sure – and I'm sure that's frustrating for him because he's like, she's an amazing girl. Like he said to his mom, I throw things at her and she takes it and she's there for him and supports him. And he's like, but you can tell that it's still not right. And, you know, that really just leaves room for our, our gal Lindsay, our little hub house, and Carl to, you know, rekindle some flames, which we will see. Can't wait. And, yeah, wow, just that was odd. Like, 
you know, I'm like, Carl, babe, like, just wrap it up. Like, just call it quits with this girl because it's clearly, it's clearly nothing. <laughs> nice girl, just not for Carl. And I liked the scene with his mom. I always like seeing her, Sharon. She's so sweet and so cute. And I liked the conversation they had about his brother and like Carl's openness about like his past addictions. That was really, really powerful and really brave of him to be so open and honest and, you know, vulnerable. And I was just like, I love Carl. Like, I just think he's a good fucking person. And that's why I'm almost like, please get off the show. Like, you're too pure. Like, you're too good of a guy. And sure, he had his fuckboy past. But like, we've all had our fuckboy past. I was a fuckboy. I've been a fuckboy before. We all do it. You know, unfortunately, that's just hard facts. And he's just really working on himself. And I just, I love him so much. And I love that him and Lindsay are, seem so happy together. I do need them to kind of like dial it back on the, the lovey-dovey post. It's like a little too much for me. But really, they're really sweet. Um, Before they go to volleyball, I'm kind of like going backwards now a little bit. But I want to talk about the conversation between Danielle and Sierra. Uh, Sierra didn't really seem that sorry to me. I got to be honest. She didn't really come up that sorry. She just was like, I think she's just sorry that it got to the place that it did. It didn't come off that she was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I th- if I fucking threw glass and it broke on someone's chest, I would be, like, crying. I'd be like, I am so sorry I did that. Like, that is not me. And it was just a very odd conversation. And Danielle, I mean, even said in the conversation, which – she was like, Lindsay's going to fuck up. Like, Lindsay's not a perfect person. Um, She was like, I was trying to get you to like – they were – Danielle just, I think, handled it so well. And she's obviously apprehensive to start a friendship or kind of continue whatever friendship they did have because she's like, I don't really trust you right now. And it just was kind of weird. Just kind of weird conversation. It didn't really go anywhere. It didn't really – I felt, in the words of Heather Dubrow – I felt hollow watching it. I was like, that's like not an apology. Like that just, it felt so weird. And knowing what we know now, what Danielle has said um, in interviews past and, you know, we did an interview with her over here at The Dip. She did interviews with Entertainment Tonight Bryce Sander. She was like, Sierra has never apologized to me except for that time on camera. Never once reached out, never once wanted to have another conversation about it. Like that was it. So she's like, that's kind of fucked up. And I agree because it was like, are you just doing this for the camera? Like, because she didn't seem that sorry. To me, Sierra just is like only thinking about her own feelings. And she's like, I'm hurt. I really liked him. It's like, yeah, but like, you also threw things at someone and yelled at them. And we're so nasty and mean to Lindsay. <sighs> then she has a conversation with Lindsay. And of course, Lindsay has to wear this fucking wig. I'm like, Lindsay, God damn it. Like, <sighs> She's so Lindsay sometimes, and she just can't get out, of her, get out of her own way. Like, we're trying to have a serious conversation, and Lindsay is full-blown wearing, like, a yellow synthetic wig and drinking rosé out of, like, a bottle. Like, it's very Lindsay. So the characters that people have of her when they dress up as her are very accurate. Like, they're not even characters. That's, like, a full-blown, like, representation. And, you know, I, I enjoyed the – I see, that conversation felt more heartfelt – to me, than the conversation with Danielle. Like, I think Lindsay was, like, really receptive and really, like, listen, I'm really sorry. Like, I would be really hurt, too, if, like, that happened. And 
Sierra just kind of explained her side of the story. And, you know, I, I see both sides. And I just hope that, I mean, I don't think that they've moved on from this, to be honest, from what I've seen and heard on Watch What Happens Live and all of that. Like, it definitely doesn't come off like they're friends, but we'll see at the reunion. They just filmed that. So I can't freaking wait. And then what else happened? See, like it kind of felt like just a kind of a letdown of an episode. I got to be completely honest. I was expecting way more. I mean, the last couple episodes of Summer House have been amazing. The season has been good. But this episode to me felt kind of like a filler. Like it was just kind of weird. And then Amanda and Kyle have a conversation with their therapist about this prenup. And it's like, okay, I'm bored. Again, the Amanda and Kyle stuff is so hard because it's like they're married They did the damn thing. They have two little dogs now. Like, what am I going to say? What am I going to really talk about? I don't know. Craig and Paige were really the standout to me this episode. Like, I really liked seeing them together, like, when they're kind of drunk because they kind of let their walls down a little bit. And I think that that's sweet. Like, I liked watching them wake up in bed together. I thought that that was really cute. And I have been very harsh and critical of their relationship. So that's saying a lot. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to say. Like, it was, like I said, a filler. Filler up. It's kind of lame. So, all right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you all over on Instagram, at Bravo Historian. You can, of course, check me out at The Dip. Um, that's the D-I-P-P dot com. And talk to you all later. Bye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This is your summer. That means Six Flags and the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this. Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride, like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99. 